It's refreshment time, folks. After returns and videotapes. Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Do you like scary movies, Sydney? You have a TV? No. I just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. Don't need a TV. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow. It's the fucking truth. Over 1,600 titles, each for rent at just $2 the first night, and only a... Finish it. I don't watch TV. Yeah, but you are aware that there's an invention called television, and on this invention they show shows, right? Tonight on Six Ed World. Okay, I want channels 18, 24, 63, 10987, and weather channel. Welcome to the Frog Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Alec. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Frog Brothers Podcast. I'm an asshole and my name's Justin. With me is my asshole brother, Alec. Fuck you. And uh, sitting next to me is our dickless producer, Nicholas. <laughs> I think both of you made... This is an exchange that we've had already on the podcast. I know. You call him dickless, and then he goes, whole original. It's <laughs> exactly... Dickless. Whole original. I said Nicholas. Yeah, well, you so, said that afterwards. You can't tell if I'm saying Nicholas or Saint Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah. It's not our fault you try to show people your... My dick's in your hand right now. How many times have we said dick and it weren't 48 <laughs> seconds into the podcast? Hey, people are named Richard. He's named Nichard. <laughs> I'd expect better manners from you, dick. Yeah, they don't expect any manners from us at all. I'd say I'd worry about going to hell, but after the election results tomorrow, we're probably all going to spontaneously combust or be living in a civil war. Yeah, true. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh... All I can do is work on my facial hair to resemble a Civil War veteran. Yeah. I can well, work I was going to say, better. are you Team Cap or are you Iron Man? Team Cap. Okay, just checking. Any other answer is wrong. Well, we all know Iron Man's an asshole and just fucking, you know, he's the billionaire. Yeah. What do you expect out of a rich person? Fucking skeet tail. Mm-hmm. Captain America fought in World War II. He punched Hitler in the face. Correct. Now, don't confuse those MCU folks, because they don't all know about them books made out of papers that are called comic books. I just realized I'm like fucking Boris over here. Yes! I'm invincible! Ha! I'm invincible! I was just listening to a podcast review of that. That's a great movie. All right, Sheep. so. Like boys with toys. That twirling was me twirling a pen around like Boris and Goldeneye. Being an asshole. How many times did you click it? I don't know. Now I dropped it, you stupid bastard. I will stab you. I'm going to stick this down your urethra tonight. This big, thick pen. Cool, and then you know, I get a pee ink, like a squid? No, and then I'm going to break it off. Oh. Well, that's disappointing. I was hoping I could pee squid ink. It'll be like sounding, but more bloody. There's like guys sticking things in your urethra now. Is that us talking about that? No, that's, that's on Nick's OnlyFans. He actually sticks things down his urethra. He's, uh, it's kind of weird. It's called sounding if you do it with like a tuning fork. Oh, And then yeah. you hit it, and it's like... Vibrates and plays the tune. Yeah. That's got to be a really lengthy process to write a song that way. <laughs> 
<laughs> be a that make a dope recording though. One note at a time, baby. Sounds like something Gigi Allen would do on a record. Well, Nick does it on his OnlyFans. Uh, What's your OnlyFans theme, Justin? This is gaping assholes. That's just one of many. Yeah, he does a variety of themes and content creation, right? There's a version of th- furries, but it's more based around like Godzilla and King Kong. So it's like you gotta dress as giant monsters. It's a bit of the giantess fetish mixed with the furry shit. So you pretend you're a giant monster you stepping on people's fucking faces. Well, I'm sure he could fulfill that fetish if he wanted to. Yeah. It's morphin' time. <laughs> uh, I'm glad there's no video on this episode. Are you? Yes. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, you hear that? It's a special sound. It's the sound of Alec undressing. That's just his hoodie. He's taking off his jacket, folks. Take off my pants and jacket. Yes. Great album. Great album name. Uh, so, there's not been a lot, a whole, whole lot other than Mandalorian this week, which we'll talk about in a minute, but anything else happened pop culture-wise that I'm unaware of? Other than the impending doom? Uh, apparently that craft movie, that craft sequel is streaming on demand everywhere, and I haven't really had a chance to determine whether or not it's worth paying to watch yet. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, David Duchovny's in it, though, so, uh, I mean, hmm. Now that's intriguing. I like the Coveney. Duchovny is in Decoven. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever seen him in Twin Peaks? Well, yeah, he's great in that. I'd fuck him. I'd fuck me. <laughs> Would you fuck me? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Speaking of, I finished my co- <laughs> my cover of Goodbye Horses, which I'll uh oh yeah, I might tag at the end of this podcast for you. It's great. It's our outro music for you. Yeah, Alec was uh just covering this music and had to had to throw a little something out there for all you fans. Now, when the music video comes, that'll be a whole other day. Oh, and it will come all over your face, neck, and chest. (laughs) In case you haven't figured out by now, Alec has fully embraced his inner self. We're all degenerates here. Eh, I mean, that's fair. Nick is wearing sweatpants again. Justin tries to be modest on the podcast. As soon as we talk, we, we... we in the podcast he'll be like f- pretending to masturbate and running around like the leprechaun so hey, I mean what do you want I run around like Rumpelstiltskin to try to scare you doesn't Nick scare does that. me anymore though Nick are you trying to be Santa Claus in those red sweatpants because there's no package that I want on wrap from you put that thing away <laughs> put it away suck on this candy cane hey so the other news we can talk about though since we just bought it was uh if you're a fan of Christmas vacation. Big Lots of all places is selling the moose mugs. And those assholes got me on some targeted marketing on Instagram earlier. And they're like, hey, in store. And I'm like, motherfucker. So guess where we went tonight? I got me a set of moose glasses. Alec got a set of glasses. Nick didn't get anything because he was working, supposedly. But I think he was just flashing people in his sweatpants at work. You didn't tell me about it until I got here. How much are those glasses, Justin? One... Five, 
period, zero. That's why I'm wearing my red sweatpants. Zero dollars. Fifteen whole dollars. They also had Christmas vacation coasters, which I bought a set of. Yeah, the Christmas vacation coasters are 700 cents for a four-pack. What's on them? Alec, my balls knows. Um, the what? What's her fucking name? God damn it! Audrey. No, it's the uh, the sp- particular old lady that says, "Is your house uh, on fire, Clock?" Aunt Bethany, is that her name? Yeah. Okay. Is Rusty still in the Navy? That's one of them. <laughs> and then, uh, Clark dressed up in the hockey mask with the chainsaw, and it says, hey, "Where do you think you're gonna put a tree that big?" Oh, oh, that that whole bit's on there, and then uh, um, I don't remember the other two. They got the, the Moosehead Punch Bowl for twenty dollars. Yeah, and some beer koozies that were six bucks each. But for a beer koozie, I thought that was a little steep. Yeah, so I skipped on that. I got enough beer koozies that are better than that anyway. Pretty much. They uh, <clears throat> they had a couple interesting Star Wars things. They had like a. Star Wars board game you could buy that came with a fucking Grand Moff Tarkin figure. Yeah, so if you didn't buy that one, Target and Walmart were carrying it. They've got a bunch of men now. I don't know what the price was on that, but they've got a bunch of other Mandalorian shit as well for sale. It's basically Mandalorian. If uh, if you don't like the show, you're being um, mouse-raped with this because the mouse is just forcing this baby down everyone's throats. <coughs> Sounded like Donald Duck. You son of a bitch! <laughs> All right. Well, uh. So, speaking of the Mandalorian, we got a new segment for you. Music and poop here. Break room breakdown. Coming at you. We're not calling it then. Yeah. <laughs> Alec will call it something else when he's asleep or staying up all night and doing weird shit, so there actually won't be any consensus on this. I edit this. I could I could literally take all of your words and jumble them. <laughs> Make it you going, the whole podcast. But see, now you just made that noise, so I can take that clip of you doing that and just make it me and that what justin is saying right now is that what i'm doing to his voice at this moment is going to piss people off and lose us viewers so alec had never seen season one of the mandalorian so the other night we showed it to him i'll show you so, Say again. I'll show you. Dino DNA. Which is fitting because they fight a dinosaur in the first episode of season two. <laughs> I was just going to say, what do you think John Hammond's cock looks like? <laughs> a little bird in a nest? 
condors. It's like a little hairy bit. If I the- had a cock that looked like a condor, you wouldn't ask any questions. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the Mandalorian. So what do you think of season one? So you waited an entire year to watch it, which is admirable, but there's also various anger factors in there for you, too. So do you want to get triggered or not? Do you want to tell your triggering story, or do you want to skip it? No, I'm going to go through my emotions. Okay, let's, let's like a the therapy session. The entirety of season one, which played out through one night. So, could you tell me about how you felt prior to the start of watching season one? You sound like Dan Castanello, or whatever his name is pronounced, in the uh, episode of Parks and Recreations, where he is the uh, radio DJ. Well, that's not the question I asked you, so if you could please answer the question. Well, I'm just asking if you're doing an impersonation of that, or are you just... I'm just being a weird, kind of a therapist type. So Mandalorian, I uh, hadn't watched because I didn't have access to Disney+, Plus and I wasn't that worried about it. I was like, I'll watch it. Uh, I'll get around to it. Netflix and chill while on the pill, or Disney+, Plus and thrust. All right. That's Apparently like, uh, it was your you were the Netflix and chill on the pill. I was high when I watched this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a thing, but not on pills. I, I don't. Pills are bad. Pills are good. Mm. It was a birth control joke. Was it? Netflix and chill on the pill. That just sounds like taking drugs in general. I don't know, like. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. All right. Anyway, so You're tell just us getting your... me off track, interrupting me with your like weird whispering. <sighs> All I can say is I didn't give too much of a shit. I was not giving any fucks about this, mostly because it's like, all right, it's a Mandalorian. It's not Boba Fett. Why the fuck do I care? Boba Fett was always, you know, it depends. There's there's two types of people. You either fucking really love Boba Fett, or there's the people that think he's fucking totally worthless. Well, that's just because they wasted his character. And they fucking did the same thing with fucking Phasma in the new sequel trilogy. So, you get someone who looks really fucking badass that you think's going to be a formidable fucking cool person, and then they fucking just fart out. And so, it was kind of just annoying that we were getting a Mandalorian series that's not a Boba Fett. Because they were going to do a Boba Fett movie at one point. And John Favreau's been in talks to do a live-action Star Wars series for a long time before this came out. Like a long fucking time. A long time. A long time ago. In, in a, a glory pitch hole room. far away. <laughs> far I was going to say in a pitch room far away, but I guess a glory hole is kind of a pitch room. Depends on what you're pitching. Well, or if you're catching. And if you're on the casting couch or not. We all know how that works. <laughs> Does your boyfriend know you're here? <laughs> <laughs> You don't get paid for this, right? <laughs> I just want to hear one of them ask, ask, like, do you disinfect this couch? <laughs> um, so, anyway, going into the show, I was a little just like, whatever, I'll, I'll see what it is. I know it's going to be, like, good, and I'm going to like it just from other people's reactions to it. Uh, so, I watched, like, the first three, I wasn't hooked yet. I was kind of just like, hey, all right, whatever, you know, it's not bad. There are a lot of visual callbacks and just little bits and pieces of, you know, references to 
everything throughout other Star Wars media and shit. So if you're a fan of the Star Wars shit like that, it's it's easy to enjoy that stuff, but beyond that, the first couple episodes didn't have much going for me, so I was just kind of like, eh, it's whatever, it'll get there maybe. Like, I had already seen all the images of the child and shit like that, so none of that was surprising or shocking to me at first. Like, some of that, you know, is just probably the fact that I waited a year to watch it. I probably would have been like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that's the most magical element you lost by waiting, is just it's seeing magic. all the... I believe it's, it's magic. magic. I believe it's... Please. 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 I believe it's... <laughs> <laughs> this is an awful wreck. Every podcast is, though. That's what you came here for. Baby Yoda stuff was spoiled like day one anyway, even if you watched it the first day. Yeah, uh, uh, all the viewers in the UK were basically screwed because they had to wait a while and everyone in America... I don't know what it was with this program, too, that everyone's like, you know what? Within an hour, people fucking spoiled immediately. Like, it wasn't even like, let people have the weekend to watch the episode. They're like, oh my god, did you see the little Baby Yoda thing? And you're like, have some fucking... Well, like, before we had even watched it, I did see, like, even Nerdist, like, I think the day after it came out, shared a thing, and it was like, who is that character at the end? And they showed the fucking picture of him. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't look at it long enough to really spoil it for myself, but... Yeah, and everyone's like, how did Disney get away with not spoiling that for so long? You're like, well, it doesn't matter, because they spoiled it for everyone who hadn't seen it, like, on the launch hour anyway, or unless you avoided all social media. And that was Nick's phone, it's not on Uh. mute. You getting requests for butthole pictures again? Now you have to shove it up your ass. eBay wants me to buy some. More butt plugs with the tails attached. Well, yeah. How else is he supposed to be the raccoon version of Mario? They got that hat at GameStop. I've been thinking about that. Well, I thought you bought that to go with your butt plug. I need a butt plug. Oh, I thought you already had that. Just got to put a hole in my pants. So? Like, how do you get that to stay in there? It's magic. <laughs> I believe it's magic. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I don't know. The season got better as it went on, and I liked it more than uh, I initially did, so. I don't know. I'm in. Yeah, I think season two starts off pretty solid, right? It's a good episode to get in there. Um, apparently a lot of the elements of this come from other areas of the Star Wars lore, which have already been established. So Aftermath is a book series that's part of the new canon. And that's where, uh, Timmy, Timothy Elephants, Oliphants, Oliphantastic is what we call him. Timothy Oli, Onlyfans-tastic. That's a good website. We should actually buy that one. Register the URL for it. Anyway. It's pictures uh, of my dick's. My dick with a beard and a cowboy hat. Dressed up like Timothy Oliphant anytime. And dressed up like an elephant. An, o- an elephant elephant. Does that make sense? Could that be a thing? If you want to make some weird artwork for me real quick, just wa- just bear with me while I go down this rabbit hole. Please make an uh, elephant elephant fan art of this character and have it be as weird as you can be. There's banthas too, which actually aren't made out of elephants anymore, which I was kind of sad about. They're not made out of elephants anymore. What were they like? Fucking deconstructed and reconstructed like fucking tusk and tusk. 
No, I just meant they weren't, you know, they're CGI now instead they're of made, actually. Made of sewn together elements. They're no longer using animal slavery for production purposes. Excuse my stuttering. So, uh. So did you think it was overhyped? I don't know. It's for, in terms of the new Star Wars stuff, it's on par with like Rogue One to me. It's that good. Because Rogue One was probably the best thing to come out of the new Star Wars stuff, in my opinion. That's probably my favorite. I agree. And if I had to put anything next, it would probably be The Mandalorian, then Force Awakens. Because Force Awakens was still good, but it wasn't... Yeah, Yeah, just, you know. Yeah, we can, yeah, we we don't need to rehash all that. Everyone's already had those talks. So? So, I haven't, motherfucker. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's like... The, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to go down a whole rabbit hole with it, but... Uh, I know, we can always come back to that rabbit hole later. That sounds dirty. Yeah, it might be dirty. It's filled Is with a rabbit dirt. hole like an Easter-themed glory hole? Could be, if you make it happen. Anything's possible if you believe. At least that's the way I look to look at life. So... Season 2, Episode 1, starts out with a Mandalorian all off by his lonesome, besides his child that he's daycaring for. Child. A child. So he's out hanging out with the, ba- the baby. And, uh, you know, they go back to Tatooine again, which is kind of getting irritating because you're like, oh, we're going to go to the desert. And you're like, how much time can we spend on this one godforsaken fucking planet in this series, in this universe? Which you know we're going back if they do any more movies, thanks to Ray's dumbass at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, so... Hope you like sand. I don't. Well... It's rough, it's coarse, and it gets everywhere. Okay, Anakin. He said sex on the beach is better than sand in your crotch. Sex in the ocean, dumbass. You just go out a little way into the water. You don't want all that salt water up in there. I can't imagine that's good for anything. I can't imagine the sand's good for it either. No, neither would be. And if you put that in her, then you've essentially got a sandworm. And then you got a whole Beetlejuice situation going. Sandworm. Hey, but speaking of sandworms, that's kind of what this dragon villain was in this episode. Sandworms. Sandworms, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. So this wasn't the Sarlacc monster. No, because they ate a sarlacc, though. It ate a sarlacc pit and took over its pit. Yeah. So supposedly this... I like to eat pits and then make them mine. You're not really talking about the episode, you jack off. Yeah, I am. You're just making weird sounds. You're getting a kick out of yourself too much. You're too high. (laughs) You're too high, (laughs) Moo! Then you is there such a thing? What's that? Did you think they humanized the sand people a little too much? The, no. The Tuscan Raiders? It seemed a little weird that they were just kind of hanging out with them at a campfire. No, we've already seen that before. Have we? We've seen this before. Like Episode 2. Like Attack of the Clones, they're humanized. Not just the men, oh, yeah, but the women. The and the children, too. 
Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> I slaughtered them all. Yeah, it's actually a really good Anakin impersonation. Needed to be done. Tried on some of their clothes. <laughs> Personal thing. Exactly. So apparently that uh, animal is from a previous video game, is what they're saying. Oh. The uh, uh, whatever, uh, the, what do they call it? Some sort of dragon. I didn't write its name down because it was of insignificance to me. Yeah, I kind of was thought it was lame that they called it a dragon, but whatever. Yeah. Why don't you just call it the something else? And Timothy Oliphant's character came from the book series and everything else, so that was kind of canon, but they ought to obviously change it to match the this story as well. So it's even when they do stuff that's canon in the books, they're like, oh, when we do it on motion picture, we're going to change it enough to make it how we want it. And you're like, doesn't that defeat the purpose just a little bit? Crate dragon. The crate dragon? Or crepe? Crate. Crate. Not a crepe. I, I prefer saying, a crepe. Breakfast- Breakfast or a brunch dragon? Yes, that'd be delicious. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked it. Um, it got me more into what's going on with it and stuff. So. I did like how they had the Boba Fett armor, you know, being traded for the Jawas. Like, they hadn't really done that much backstory forced into an episode so far with another character, right? Which I think was necessary but i wish they almost just would have would have told that part before but by the time you see the army you're like wait a second why does this guy look like a cowboy yeah but it makes sense for him being that and you know yeah i thought it was good uh good casting and he really like there's some characters that really stick out like bill burr's character and season one was a really good and like entertaining character to watch the ig unit was one of them yeah um all a fantastic is one of them yeah, that's the great thing is like when they're doing side characters and stuff, they're they're having good cast cast actors and actresses or I guess they're all actors technically, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the armor is interesting. It's just a little more mysterious. There's less there written revealed so far, so. Yeah, and I think that character will continue to develop um as well. And then obviously, you know, Carl like, Weathers is great too. Yeah, and Cara Dune is obviously the other Yeah. big character there. So you're seeing some of these folks that are going to like keep popping up throughout the series, right? It's, it's, it's a Western, right? You're going to kind of have that same vibe to it, but I do wish they'd kind of continue on with more of a regular story pattern here instead of so much the monster of the week, because they did this big reveal for the child. And then there's some of it feels, I wouldn't say like filler, but it's just less significant to the overall story arc, right? Which it feels like you're like, yeah, we're not in a rush to get there, so this episode we're going to do this, this episode we're going to do that. Yeah. It really depends on what their story planning with is with this show. Like, do you think it's going to... How long do you think it's going to go, you know? Well, that's what worries me about it, because they've got a lot of time to fill, so they could really extend this all the way up to the new trilogy if they wanted to. But their I new trilogy isn't going to be in, like. No, I mean the I mean the sequel trilogy we that just ended. Oh yeah. Yeah, so they've got they can do all that right because there's a lot of a lot of space to fill right. So they could start showing the rise of the first order from the remnants of that the empire, which you're seeing the remnants of the empire right now. <clears throat> Obviously, you got the whole dark saber thing that's from the Mandalorian Jedi and all that lore and stuff there that. John Favreau worked on on the Clone Wars animated series and popped up in Rebels as well. So there's a lot of stuff they've got to cover from season one in season two. 
And then obviously it's hotly debated on who that shadowy character was at the end. Was that actually Boba Fett out of the armor? If not, it's bad writing. Yeah. And someone was saying, like, well, they're worried about the actor's age. That was the biggest thing I took note of, that Boba Fett would technically be 41, while the actor who portrays him from the prequel trilogy is actually 59 now. So The other night it was 46, and then the actor, or maybe the actor was 56. Yeah, well, they've been having 35-year-olds play high school kids for years, so. Well, that's my point, right? So it doesn't really matter, but they're also like, it. you know, if he's accelerated his aging, then he could be some of the... Then it could be some of the older clones that are left over from Clone Wars. But like I say, series, if yeah. they do that, that's bad writing for him to be there on Tatooine. Also, while that's happening, while there's two Mandalorian sets of armor, and it's specifically Boba Fett's, and that guy happens to look like Boba Fett and be scarred up and be living like some weird nomadic lifestyle, so close to the Sar like like pits and all that shit. Like, yeah, just, it would be just stupid. <laughs> well, and they essentially tease that same character in season one, right? Whether that's Boba Fett or not doesn't really matter at this point. But they tease him at the end after Mando kills that assassin on Tatooine. So you're like, okay, so obviously there's some significance here, but what's it building up to? Yeah. So I liked how the, ep- the, the season kicked off. It was a good episode, a lot of action. It was a longer episode, which felt like you had time to have more of those backstories, more of those things you want to hear or learn about. Yeah, and up until... Boba Fett showed up at the end there. It seemed like I really wanted all of Fantastic to hold on to that armor. I was like, I would actually like to see this continue. Because he's cool taking the helmet off and doing other shit as well. It's interesting. I just like Boba Fett's armor, you know. It's a thing. Clearly that's why it's there. But Yeah, and I did like how they showed it uh, just sitting around on the sand crawler, right? So, I mean, yeah, Boba Fett may have survived, but if he's wanting to leave that persona behind him, right, you never know, like, what kind of story arc you want to know. Right, that's the only thing I'm worried about is them doing a thing where he's, like, completely uninterested in it. And then, like, I would not be surprised if, if we just don't hear from anything Boba Fett till the next season or something. Well, yeah, they could do a slow build-up to bring him in if they want, right? There's no rush for it, which is the beautiful thing. Um, And then as far as the Jawas having his armor, yeah, they could easily say that he had no idea who had his armor for a while, right? You know, when he got it from the Jawas, they could say that, oh, well, you know, there was a... They found him and, like, basically stripped him down and left him to die. Yeah. There was another Bill, an evil Mm -hmm. Bill. And we left him for dead. Exactly. So, no, it was a fun episode. I'm excited to see what episode two does. But I think that pretty much covers what I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. What are we going to talk about? And what are we going to talk about next? Well, let's get into Black Sheep. You know what I just watched? Me pulling a can off some moron's fist. Return of the Jedi. Did you see Alien? When that uh, creature was in that guy's stomach? Oh my god. Oh my god. You ever seen that really old movie? Uh, Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony. Welcome to Retro Release Reviews. It's election season, kids. And what better way to escape life than to watch movies about elections and political bullshit? So we chose... 
Is this from what, 1996? Is that the correct year? I believe so. 1996, Black Sheep. Uh, This is kind of a cash grab from the studio. It was kind of in shambles, all of its production. But as a kid, I loved this movie, um, and I did not distinguish it from Tommy Boy. Like, they may as well have been the sequels or the same movie that was connected, because to me it was just... Yeah, I was young enough that that's how they were to me. It was more of the same when you really look at those two movies and put them side by side, right? It's very similar. Like, hey, well, you know, somebody's going to be, you know, David Spade's going to be the straight guy. Try to keep things balanced out. And, you know, Chris Farley's going to just be himself. So. Yeah. So Tim Matheson's in this movie from Animal House. It's pretty interesting. He got to work with both John Belushi and Chris Farley. Does that guy know how to party or what? Was that a yawn? Let's try not to sneeze. Oh. <laughs> Just like looked over into the corner. Yeah, I don't want to sneeze directly into my pop filter here. Penelope Spheris directed this. She directed Wayne's World. Excellent. Lauren Michael produced. Obviously, obviously, also produced. My fucking can't talk. Produced Wayne's World and, you know, Sess and all that shit, you know. You, everybody knows that. Um, but apparently, she and the writer, Fred Wolf, and even David Spade did not get along. Had a lot of issues during the making of the movie. Fired the writer multiple times and shit. Rehired him. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it kind of shows on there, right? You can tell where there's, like, some moments shine and others don't. And we, we talked about this while watching it, though. Just, like, some of the physical humor, right? Only about 50% of it, like, lands and hits, like, where it should on the mark. Like, Chris Farley falling down the hill, like, in the in the dirt. Like, just so stupid. Yeah. But then David Spade unplugging the fridge and that hitting Chris Farley, that works. Yes, even though it shouldn't because that elect- little electrical plug would never hold that fridge up there to begin with. But... Suspend reality and get a bowl of chocolate pudding in your underpants. Um, There's no pudding in that fridge, buddy. David Spade's... Uh, I've always liked him. He's great in this, too, usually. Um, and Tommy Boy in this are obviously his best movies, but um, he has bit roles in the early 90s, too, from other SNL stuff like Coneheads and whatnot. I feel like he never really reached his potential. Um, Joe Dirt was also awesome. Yeah, and I mean, that's basically his number one thing, really, anymore, right? That's, I mean, to more people, he's known for that than he would be, say. Yeah, I was about to say, I just don't know what happened to him, because it's like... He kind of went the Adam Sandler way, where everything just started being really shitty quality. Yeah. Like, I don't know, some of those SNL guys did that, like... They lost their edge, their comedic edge, right? And they were just trying to go, like, for a broad audience, which I, you know, if you're trying to have a long career, maybe, but at the same time, it's like not everyone can pull that off, and that just creates some really generic, boring shit. But then again, if you look at the same thing for Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase had some real fucking misses early on in his movie career, you know, so he really struggled with Throughout some of Throughout his entire stuff. career. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'd say about a third to a quarter of his movies are actually great. And then the rest of his stuff is like, eh, some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it has its moments. Yeah. 
So, but that's kind of how David Spade has kind of panned out after all that. So, Chris Farley, obviously, we lost. Uh, I think it was what was it Rotten.com in the '90s that used to show people's dead bodies. I think I saw a photo of uh, Chris Farley's corpse, like the way they found him on there, like Jesus after Christ. that happened, and it's it's pretty fucking gnarly. Makes you not want to do drugs the way that guy did. I'll tell you that. Yeah, there's some gnarly shit out there. I do remember seeing like bodies run over by trains and shit on Rotten.com when I was a child. So it's like, hey. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one that remember that site. I was like, oh god. I was like, what is that trash called? That trashy website that has just the most disturbing things you can see on it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what is that? Uh, Donald Trump's re-election site. May as well be right. So a zinger. Zing. Zing. So I dead air. You know the other thing about these movies, you go back and watch a lot of these movies because I hadn't seen Black Sheep in a while, and like you just see how creepy Chris Farley is with that kid that plays the little quarterback. He's like, oh, he's got a good arm, and he's like touching him, and like all this other stuff. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're like, no, no fucking normal adult's gonna be like, hey, you can hang out with that fucking creep. Like, no, you're not fucking going around that asshole unsupervised, right? You know. But at the same time, they show that he loves what he's doing and everything else, and then. The other skit in there that like just cracked me up was like you know when he pretends to like break his nose from that kid head button or whatever and he's like it's just ketchup and the other kids are like we're out of here you're weird and I'm like yes that's if you encounter people like that in life just leave yeah like we're fucking weird but we're not like yeah we don't do that kind of weird shit like we're just crass and rude and funny <laughs> questionably I was about to say I don't know about that last part but we're definitely crass and rude <laughs> basically. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and, and some of the, you know, just the physical humor, they try to do too much of that in that movie just to try to make up for, like, a shitty written scene. They're like, oh, let's do something funny like this. Or, like, the whole cell phone bit where he's walking around like a jackass. Yeah. And then they have, like, the hillbilly scene. And you're like, this takes place in Washington State. Are there really, like, redneck hillbillies, like, in the backwoods from up there? Like, are you, they're just left over from the gold rush, I'm sure? It's, uh, you'd be surprised. Okay. I just wasn't <laughs> sure how accurate that was, so. It's it's in America. Rural areas are just kind of different, let's say. To our all of our rural listeners, stay away from your sister. <laughs> you are not Tom Brady. You cannot kiss her on the mouth. Oh, doesn't he like kiss his son on the mouth? He kisses his whole family on the mouth. There's yeah, I've watched videos of him kissing his son on the mouth. Not like I've seeked them out, you know, but like I've watched other people watch them and like react yeah. to them and be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I've made some really fucked up memes about that. <laughs> yeah, there's a really great one. Well, I'll just describe it to you right now because I really don't care and it's kind of crass, but it's funny. So it says, uh, it's Tom Brady kissing his own father on the lips and it says, when you want to taste Giselle so bad, you kiss her husband. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's fucked up. Well, I'm not the one doing it in fucking public like that, so... True. That guy's I do like the uh, checkers scene in this movie. Oh, yes. Never move the back road. Which I found out from this movie when I was a kid that that was the key to winning checkers. And it does piss people off. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. Um, and, then, and then, well, he asked that great question there. He's like, oh, I'm having fun. He's like, you having fun? He's like, I was. <laughs> 
And he's like, I've never won three games in a row before. Yeah, and then the whole, uh, like, the funniest part of his interaction with the hillbillies isn't isn't, isn't his actual interaction with them. Mm-hmm. It's once they spray him down, and he walks back, and he's like, did you fall in some mud or something? He's like, yeah, and I'm going to be rich, because I'm the only person who has ever found white mud. So did you fall in some crud or something? Yeah, I'm not one of your eight-year-olds. I'm not going to believe that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, then there's the Mud Honey concert. That scene's pretty funny, too, when he goes in backstage and smokes with the, the fucking Rasta band. Yeah. Kill Whitey! And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> that felt so relevant to today. Uh, and then let's not forget the old Busemeister, Gary Busey. <laughs> one of America's most profound, prolific actors to ever experience severe head trauma and still carry on afterwards. Yeah. It's very weird. He went from playing Buddy Holly to this guy. Yep, that's what traumatic brain injuries will do to a person. You ever watch that Buddy Holly movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not bad. No, it's actually pretty decent. And you're like, I didn't know Gary Busey was allowed to be normal. And then you're like, no, no, I think his accident was after that movie. <laughs> Which explains so much. Was there really an accident? Yeah. Um, Producer, look up the history on Gary Busey's brain injury. That's you, Nick. Nick's over here, just Gary flicking through Reddit Busey gone wild while the rest injury. of us are trying to podcast. <laughs> About 1995, I had an accident on a Harley Davidson. I went off the bike without a helmet, hit my head into a curb, split my skull, passed away after brain surgery, and went to the other side. The spiritual realm where I got information. Okay, that quote went. Yeah, see, that shows well, he's you. a nut job. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- I think it really became apparent after that bike accident, like full on fucking crazy, because that's where he came up with all the Buseyisms that he used to advertise. Remember those Gary Buseyisms? Well, I mean, you look at him in Point Break, and he doesn't seem so crazy. He seems like Gary Busey, though. He doesn't seem nuts. No, no, yeah, he's a little over the top, but he's still like questionably normal enough, right? But then after that, you're like, yeah, severe brain injury. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. And then he was on The uh, the Apprentice for a while with uh, Commander and Cheeto. Oh, yeah. And those two became Scissor Sisters at that point. Right. So His quote's out. Oh, he had his accident in 1988. <laughs> yeah, so prior to Point Break, that makes more sense. Interesting. After his Buddy Holly performance. But he's great in this movie because he plays a fucking complete nut job. And he's all defending the... Uh, it's like Jan Brady meets Chucky. Pretty much. That's what David Spade says about him. Yeah. When he's looking on the inside of the fucking school bus. And he has the don't, don't tread on me fucking flag inside of his trailer outside, which is so fitting in the 90s. You're like, ah. <laughs> uh, yep. Felt so good to see that. You're like, yep, there's... There's some weird motherfuckers out there that are just like him, based on a true character. Yeah, that was a good death threat. Well, he also carried a rocket launcher around Got with him as well. Laser disc. Hey, you're going to listen to this young man. I don't know, but he's uh, an integral part of 
uncovering the voter fraud because they determined that his deceased family members have voted for the opposing candidate to Chris Farley's brother. So it's a pretty fun political movie, obviously. Knowing that about the stuff on the back end and the tension on the production and everything else, how the film was falling apart, you can see where it's hit or miss in some of those, and they probably could have done a few more takes on some of the elements in this movie, and it may have been better. It could have benefited from another rewrite. <laughs> I just remember that one quote of his. I can go down to your mama's and start a small fire in her panties. Oh, yeah. I can go down to your mama's and start a small fire in her panties. Start out with that. I kind of lose nowhere to go. Yeah, pretty much. Where do you go from there? Go to your mom. <laughs> that's relatable because that's how we feel about your mom. Speaking of which, you better call the fire department because once she listens to this, they're going to be on fire. Don't worry, I'll put them out. Golden shower. <laughs> <laughs> call you the fireman. I start a fire and I put it out. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on. Let's do the top five. Top five. This is top five. The top five movie presidents. Was it? Yeah. Top five fictional movie presidents. Yeah, that's what it I didn't want any bullshit of people portraying real people. The only one I wanted to include off of a real list would be uh, Grant from uh, President Grant from uh, Ulysses S. Grant from uh, Wild Wild West. <laughs> yeah, and there's no way to say whether or not that that would be accurate in any way, shape, or form. Besides Nobody said name. accurate. Top five, as in favorites. It doesn't have yeah, to be accurate. Yeah, fuck you. Just shut up and tell me you're not number five. Yeah, you do that all the time. <laughs> You're, like, addicted to it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I don't think you can be addicted to that. You're addicted to the release of the hormones that make you feel better. Dog semen's full of calories. And is the number one cause of bad breath. <laughs> Edgar, you'll appreciate that one. Um, number five. I don't even know if you've seen this movie. It came out in 2013. The actor in question is Jamie Foxx, playing President James Sawyer from White House Down. Yes, that's an honorable mention of mine. He's fucking badass in that flick. Um, see, I had no expectations to this movie. I thought it was going to suck assholes and dicks when I watched it. And I thought it was pretty decent. I was like, you know, it has some shitty, like, boring slow moments or whatever. But uh, it, it was really just like a new age diehard and um, it had those 80s and 90s vibes where, like, the henchmen actually have character and personality and names and shit. Yeah, they weren't just, like, nameless assholes that are dying. So yeah. I, I did appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a fun ride. It's a fun movie. So that's my number five. Well, my number five is President Beck. Morgan From Freeman. Deep Impact. Deep Impact. <laughs> Fucking hard to beat Morgan Freeman when you can have Morgan Freeman. I almost Freeman. put that on the list, but Deep Impact is just—it's not a great movie. He doesn't quite—it's not like he just didn't do anything for me in terms of badassery, so I didn't put him on there. But he is good in there. He's good acting, and he's just not in that movie enough. I don't think either. He's like 
only interjects a little bit here and there. Yeah, I still liked it as a, as a president, though. So, what's your number four? From 1981. This president is unnamed, but he is the president. Donald Pleasance as the president in Escape from New York. Oh, okay. It's a it's a smaller role, but the whole movie relies around him. So I can dig and it, and I like Donald Pleasance, and I like Escape from New York. So it's one that came to mind, and uh, I just put it on there because I like it. What's your number four? My number four is Han Solo himself, Harrison Ford from Air Force One, playing President James Marshall. Get off my plane. It's a pretty good cheesy action flick from the '90s, man. Yeah. Like it's just so good. Like, how do you make an entertaining movie on a an airplane? Like, we're gonna do a double feature with that and Con Air at some point. You know, it's gonna happen. Oh, triple feature! You're gonna have Die Hard two on there. I guess so. Isn't that more takes place more at the airport though? Doesn't it? Yeah, to some degree, but I mean, there's still some good stuff there. So I'll give you that. All right, number three. Number three. I also don't think you've seen this, but it's possible. From 1964, President Merkin Muffley. Yes, you heard me correctly. His name is Merkin Muffley. From Dr. Strangelove by Stanley Kubrick. Okay. Um, I'll have to show you this movie because it's fucking weird and hilarious in a great way. Um, it's a political satire about fucking nuclear war, basically. And it's a black comedy. It's it's good, though. But Excellent. I'll take it. He's uh, portrayed by Peter Sellers. So my number three is Jack Nicholson, Mars Attacks. And it's present. I considered that, but again, he's too much of a skeet towel for me to want to put him on the list. What, Jack Nicholson? In that movie. Oh, I just liked it because he does such a good job of being an asshole villain in there that like I really liked the way he played that character, right? So I th- I got a kick out of it. I buy it. All mine are like fucking cheesy '90s, you know, for the most part. So I'm just like, oh yeah, it's like fucking cans of cheese whiz, like cheese whiz president movies. My top two are uh, pretty pretty clear though. Um. So. All right. Well, I I know who number one is. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I'm but pretty sure we'll agree on that. There's no argument there. Number two, there's some room for... There is, but... Well, give me your number two. Tell it. Number two... President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Okay. that's. I'll take that one. Yes, that's good. Yes. That's, um, that's my number two. Terry Crews... As President Camacho and Idiocracy from 2006. It's fucking glorious. Fucking hilarious. One of the best parts of that movie. He, he rules. It's excellent for sure. We got this guy not sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not sure. Plants crave electrolytes. My number two is Dan Aykroyd from My Fellow Americans portraying President William Henry. Yeah, I've just never watched that. I don't have a desire to. I've watched it. Um, I used to watch that all the time when it was on cable in the 90s, like just randomly beyond like him and Jack Lemmon are pretty fucking funny in it. And so it's just kind of one of those. Um, 
it's so stupid it reminded me of like a spies like us type of a movie just mm. like taking place in the u.s and he plays a really good fucking asshole in it so i like it and then number one if there's only a uh, number one well who the fuck do you think are number one yeah Nick? who do you think there's only one number one movie president fictitious So, what do you think it is, Nick? Uh, the, uh, the president from Star Trek VI Undiscovered Country, played by the guy from that 70s show? No. Give me your real answer. President, president Thomas J. Whitmore. J. Whitmore. Yeah, Thomas J. Whitmore. Independence Day. Thomas J. Whitmore. Bill Pullman, you dumb Paul. bastard. Uh, I don't need to say much more about that, because that's the ultimate president. He's got one of the most presidential speeches ever fucking... Yeah. Done in any movie and even in real life for you that. You want to know the only moment where I ever really felt patriotic? Yes, is when uh, he gives that speech in that movie. <laughs> yeah, you can't top That's that. It. Like, there's no real life politician that can make me feel the way he, he made me the feel. The world came together at that point. So exactly. We will not go quietly into the night. <laughs> that whole speech is epic. Today, we celebrate. Our independence day. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to argue with that because that's fucking glorious. President Whitmore. Did you guys like President Whitmore in the sequel? I think they fucked up who his character was. I didn't mind that he's going crazy and like was had some serious PTSD, but I just think he was underutilized. But I didn't write the sequel to that, so I can't speak for it. Yeah, they they did weird stuff with it, and it's it is what it is. We already talked about that, though, in July. Yeah. All of our thoughts and shitty opinions on a shitty movie. Yeah. So if you want to listen to that, go back and check out our July 4th, 2020 episode. We talk Independence Day double feature. All right. So the next movie we talked about was from the year 1999. Starring Matthew Broderick and Rick. Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. Just making weird fucking sounds and shit. Hmm. You know what I just watched? Me pulling a can off some morons' fist. Return of the Jedi. Did you see Alien? When that uh, creature was in that guy's stomach? Oh my god. Oh my god. You ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony. Welcome to Retro Release Review. This movie's called Election, oddly enough. Since it's the presidential election week, we thought we'd watch two... That's a coincidence that you guys picked those movies. It sure is really... It's so weird that we talk about movies about elections and politics when the presidential election that takes place every four years is taking place tomorrow. Huh. Who would have thought of that? Now the real horror begins. No, because we still got to talk about this movie and survive tomorrow before any horroring can begin. Whores. So, uh, this movie opens up, and it kind of it's, you're kind of just following along for a while. It's introducing some characters, Matthew Broderick's uh, character, and then Reese Witherspoon's character, and you're kind of just you're riding along, you're getting to know people, and then all of a sudden he says, "There's one thing you need about to know about Tracy Flick," and it cuts to another teacher, and he says, "Her pussy gets so wet," and you're like, "What the fuck? Wait a minute." Immediately, they're like, whoa, where the fuck is this movie going, and what just happened? 
I mean, it is rated R, and it's an MTV-produced movie. Um, during the making of this movie, it was kind of speculated that it was a sequel to Ferris Bueller based on a few things there. Yeah, no, but um, we can hear Nick peeing in the background through the microphones. Yeah. That's depressing. Yeah, we should uh, wait. Well, that dumbass didn't turn the fart fan on either to help blind the noise out. So you'll just want to note it, note this uh, time in there and edit that peeing out. Cause we can will be, I? We can be crass, but I don't want to have him fucking peeing in the background. I already had a look at his butt crack when he got up. I'm going to compress the sound of him pissing. And just send it to him? Really loud. Make it a ringtone when he calls? <laughs> send it to R. Kelly. Hey, thanks. We could all hear that. <laughs> and I saw your butt crack before you left. So thanks for that, too. No? If I commit suicide tonight, I'm blaming it on you. Is there still semen dried in the hair? Sticking out of his butt? That's all over his lower back on his tramp stamp. Oh, Oh, he has actually... It's not a tramp stamp, it's a Trump stamp. Sorry, I should say right. He's a big big Trump supporter over here. That's not true. We shouldn't say that. What? We wouldn't allow him to sit in on these sessions if he was. That's true. It's funny to make fun of him like that, though. No, I welcome our overlords when they take over. <laughs> so they don't kill me. Yay, Trump, number one. <laughs> number one American president helped cause genocides, Permit more Trump. genocides. Trump. Yes, my fear. Yes, basically. Did you wash your hands? Yes. It smells like my butt still. But there's still like 0.1% germs on my hands. Those are made in Mexico now. Don't you remember that? Because that's one thing Trump's like, I'm for America, yet he made Oreo cookies be made in, no longer made in Chicago area. They're made in Mexico now. Which I'm fine for the Mexican people to have something cool to do. Oreos are delightful. You're not allowed to Oreo shop anymore. Well, you're supposed to be bringing snacks and food over here, and you didn't bring anything tonight besides yourself. Lord knows there's no nutritional value in you. So back to the movie Election. Let's get back on that. We're going to split him open like a coconut tonight. I shut the door all the way. I didn't think you guys could hear me pee. I'll go outside next time. You should just go in your own mouth and recycle. Then you'll hear me garble. No, I won't. You got a catheter. To, you got a pee tube from your suit. It's in your van or your truck. I don't want a pee suit all the time. So uh, my, there's also a, something I noticed that goes on throughout this movie matthew broderick's character starts with drink eating like fucking salad and remember he's like exercising in the morning and shit Mm -hmm. and it slowly gets worse like all of his decisions like in in eating and everything like so by the end of the movie he fucking right before he does the election shit he eats that fucking cupcake from her yeah they do have like his downfall and his spiral out of control on there documented pretty well or when he comes up with the idea to do the thing for the get the other kid he has a uh pepsi you know he's drinking a pepsi and watching the fucking porno Mm-hmm. yeah there's really good visual elements in here and like things they do that like when he's having sex with his fucking wife and he's uh the girl's face just comes in over the back of his wife's head like 
Yes, That's and it's a, it's great yeah. filmmaking. They do some interesting stuff in this movie, right? Which it's based on a book, so I wonder how the book is itself. Um, I haven't read it, so I couldn't say much about it. But basically, this student. name what's her name tracy tracy yeah tracy flick is basically gets caught screwing matthew broderick and his name is uh uh she does not get caught screwing matthew broderick no his friend his friend teacher which is uh that guy's name's dave so she dave gets caught for sleeping with her right and then he like balls and everything else and has an emotional thing and leaves his wife who we found out was Good friends with Matthew, Matthew Broderick's Jim character, McAllister. Um, so, interesting stuff how that all plays out at the beginning. And they're like, yeah, you know, you know, there's a conversation about it later. Like, yeah, you're lucky you didn't go to jail or have your name r- dragged through the mud on this thing, too. Yeah. Which nowadays, like, all that stuff's so common in, you know, there would have been it would have been out and about and you know they'd have been charged with all that so it's interesting to see that in the 90s they're still kind of covering that up um and the fucking one guy from american pie has like a broken leg and shit oh um, yeah chris uh chris klein yeah yeah this is his first movie apparently he's from omaha that's why one of the reasons why the director liked him because the director's from omaha and they shot it in omaha yeah, and I think they use the real Omaha paper and stuff up there, so... Yeah. Interesting. So this is based around this Tracy character wanting to be the high school president. So she's working on this whole campaign of that, and then obviously um, Jim McAllister is like really trying to create some competition for her, basically, since she ruined his friend's life and has complicated his, and he's worried about her trying to sleep with him if they'd have to spend too much time together on the on the council since he's basically the teacher in charge of student government there yeah um but if you're ever wondering how to hide your porn stash if you still have a porn stash and you're not just using incognito mode or something on your browser you know for for, if for any reason you have like a nuclear fallout bunker or something like that or a civil war bunker where you may not have access to the internet and you may still need vhs dvd or blu-ray pornography Watch this, because uh, Jim McAllister has a great way to hide all of his porn. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> under a fake bottom of a trunk, underneath a bunch of old blankets and stuff down in the basement. So he goes through a whole process of getting it out, which I appreciated the fact that they showed like his process of going down there to get it all out when yes. his wife's asleep. So That's just funny, because then he's watching a porno, and he's not like even trying to jerk off or anything. He's trying to think... Yeah, he's trying to clear his head. Like, he's using that for, like, therapy or something. It's interesting. And then he just, like, winds up thinking about the uh, Tracy character, but thinks about his wife and everything else, and then thinks about his friend Dave's wife that he uh, eventually hooks up with. Like, he just keeps fucking his life up on purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's a point where if you pause it on the newspaper, it says... If you paused this film in order to read this entire article, your time would be better spent renting Citizen Ruth, 1996, from your local video store. Do you know how hard it is to make fake newspapers and props for movies? (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Thora Birch was originally cast 
um, as Tammy, and she worked on set for three days before quitting for uh, apparent creative differences. So, Thora Birch, uh, I mainly know from Oh God, again and again. Uh, Ghost World mainly from what I know her from. She's another stuff too, but. So Tammy is uh, Paul's sister in this movie, right? And so she joins the election as well. It's pretty interesting how they bring her character in there. Um, she's basically a pansexual character, but, you know, they kind of portray her just as, as being a lesbian because they're like, she's like, well, you know, I like people based on who they are, and I just so happen to have only liked girls so far. So kind of a little ahead of its time with the way it's kind of being inclusive and, and kind of covering some of those things there before it was, you know, either, you know, in the pop culture zeitgeist and acceptable and you know people are just way more comfortable being open with themselves now so it's nice to see some of those things that are kind of trying to surface back then you know when you look at them from the big picture and then one of my favorite lines she has is you know she gets suspended on purpose basically and you know she's like why would anyone not want to be suspended you're giving me a three-day vacation so you see her like hanging outside of school riding a bike, and then um, obviously since she's tries to get kicked out of school for good once she sees the the easy opportunity that um, Flick has uh, ripped down her own poster and gone nuts and like torn the school apart. That was a pretty good scene too. That she uh, Tammy steals that trash and turns herself in so she can go to the Catholic girls' school, and then you see her like smoking and stuff hanging out yeah this is definitely in terms of like teen movies it's it's a pretty good one um it's up there with like heathers where it has like this quasi feel of it like a john hughes movie but it's a little more it's like stuff that would just be mentioned or talked about briefly in a jaws john hughes film is actually happening in this. Yeah, they, they really get into it right because you have character development you have interesting characters the adult characters have stuff going on too, which in a lot of the John Hughes films, they don't, right? They're just kind of drones besides, in his teen comedies, I should say, right? You know, he knows how to write adult characters well when he wants to, but um, just they just weren't the main characters there. So it's got well-developed characters all around and just seeing the spiral of everyone and like seeing the desperation of everyone to get what they want with this is, is an interesting movie, you know, because he doesn't want to work with her, Jim doesn't, and... And then he fucks his own life up by sleeping with Linda. Oh, yeah. And, you know, fucks up with his wife. But then they do this really weird thing at the end of this movie, and I'm assuming just because it's in the book they wanted to try to follow that to a specific closure or yeah, something. Yeah, well, after he does the... falsifies the election, basically, and throws away the two votes, and he comes into school the next day, and he sees the janitor standing in there with him, the same janitor that at the beginning of the movie when he's dumping out trash, he spills, like, some old food on the floor, and the janitor just looks at it, stares at it, and then walks away. And it's kind of like a, a, you know, throwback to that where yeah, you he's see that pissed same. at him, so he got revenge on him for throwing away the votes, basically, because he's the janitor. Um, so he caught, he caught him, basically. And then all the people that were there and associated with the election and the counting process are there and that kind of would be a good place to end the movie with like a little bit of a wrap-up of like so i was fired and some i don't know something but they went on for like fucking 20 minutes after that yeah it's like a it's a good 10 to 15 minutes of them like going on explaining kind of what happened to every character after that and 
um, Jim himself, like he's like, you know, I moved to New York and eventually got a job teaching again through the Museum of Natural History. And I, if you're wondering whether or not I ever saw Tracy again, I saw her one time like this and I'm dating somebody new and you're like, whoa, 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 this feels like a, you know, it just had like, they're just trying to be too positive with the ending on there. Like, right. You know, like you can yeah. end a movie on a dark note, which I felt like they, they didn't want to do. And maybe the book included more of that. Right. I think they reshot the ending to this too. So I don't know what happened originally. Uh, okay. I think people were upset with it originally. Okay. Um, I read that anyway. So, but I, I mean, don't know what it was. Clearly there's like multi layers here and I'd be interested to read the book just because Jim's character, right. And his wife are having trouble like conceiving a child in this movie. Like they've been, they say that they've been trying for a year. Once they see that Linda and Dave have had a kid, and that whole thing is going on, right? And they're comparing their lives, basically. And then they don't really show much about Jim's wife and like their relationship, besides like when they're going at it and he's fantasizing about other women. Yeah. Uh, you know, they kind of they throw that sleazeball piece on him, so you're like, man, you you almost start to hate him, but then you realize like the man just like the mundane bullshit like and people not having good communication skills like this is the kind of shit that happens when you're not willing to fucking communicate like a grown-up yeah it's definitely an interesting movie it holds up very well it's good yeah i think it portrays teenagers very well in uh not a stupid way anything like that handles the adult themes very well but it's also very funny so yep so that is election I think you should watch it. I liked it. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Streaming free with ads on Pluto. So if you have that, a lot of people stream free stuff, free content on Pluto. I think it's free for anybody out there. So if you haven't checked it out, give it a watch. Um, Reese Witherspoon's great in it, too. I don't know if I said that before, but I think she may have won an award for this, too, or been nominated. But um, she definitely, like, if you watch Parks and Rec, you can see that there's some of Leslie Nope's origins going back to Tracy Flick. Like, a, a spunky fucking young politician in high school. It very much feels like almost a prequel to that kind of, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you be can the get same fucking character. Yeah, and then Matthew Broderick is really good in this as well because, you know, everyone knows him for Ferris Bueller and, like, you know, he hasn't had a lot of really amazing things that stand out. Like, you're like, oh, when you think Matthew Broderick, okay, Well, you, know. you think... Ferris Bueller, probably think Lion King. Yep. Obviously, um, Godzilla, the American version there. But you're like, I think to me, this is his most well balanced acting role that I've seen him in. Yeah. Because he's believable. You get to see his downhill spiral. Like, so you, you believe that character and it feels pretty natural for what's happening to him. Yeah. And I like it when he gets stung by the bee and then the rest of the movie he's walking around with a fucking swollen ass eye. Yeah, in a varying degrees, like, and it changes every day. Like, it starts off kind of mild, and then it gets worse, and then it gets worse, and then it starts getting better as it goes on. So I appreciate the detail they put into some of those things, because it's easy to just, like, do that, and then two days later be like, oh, his eye is fine. And you're like, no, no, no. Right. So that's election. So hopefully you went out and voted and did your thing. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for because you won't hear this until after the election probably, but do what's right by humankind and don't be a selfish prick. Yeah, we don't talk about politics a lot on here, but uh, I think it's pretty clear where we fucking stand. 
I'm gonna trample you on his fucking balls, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I hate that man. Good night. I really do hate that man. I really do hate that man. I really hate that man. I think that's what he says. All right. So once this bullshit's over, hopefully next week we're not fucking in a, such a traumatic state of mind that we're all worried about a civil war happening and we can just be happy about the fun slot of movies we have coming up over the next two months. So November, we're going to get some Thanksgiving movies on the docket. And then December, we're going to get some Christmas movies, some holiday movies. If it comes down to a civil war, I'm getting an America Captain America cosplay and going to war. Are you still going to be here Monday nights for? Maybe. Yeah, we haven't decided. Take Mondays off from the civil war. We might just do like a live podcast on Monday nights. Yeah, we might just have to live stream from the. But it'll probably shift dramatically. Like we'll be carving swastikas into people's foreheads. Yeah, it's going to turn let into, the one person loose, you know. It's going to be a lot like Inglorious Bastards. Oh if yeah, the, if it goes bad, yeah. I'm going to be shoving my fucking whole arm down people's mouths to kill them and shit while they sleep, you know. This is very fucked up and dark, but it's a very fucked up and dark place to be right now. So good luck yes. out there, everybody. I feel like no matter what happens, no one's going to be happy, no one's going to be comfortable, and no one's going to feel safe. So that's that. Mm-hmm. Happy times, people. Happy times. This is the Empire Strikes Back of podcasts. <laughs> it Han is, Solo basically. is fucking frozen in carbonite, and uh, shit is fucked. My hand was yeah. just cut off, you know what I mean? Like, Darth Vader's my dad? What? what? Yes. My girlfriend's my sister. Like, <laughs> I'm hoping that tomorrow the second Death Star is destroyed. Yeah. But then the Emperor comes back. No, that's not canon. <laughs> that's post Disney bio that doesn't count oh, headcanon doesn't include Disney motherfucker he came back in the canon movie that's not a canon cannonball run now. no they're gonna decanonize it that's the rumor they're gonna make a whole other trilogy no I mean I know people had a like a signme.org or whatever you know like the petition site to like change have Lucasfilm change the ending to the rise of skywalker and you're like look if you want to fucking talk shit on anybody go talk to the asshole that made the last skywalker or the, no go talk to the people who or put the last jedi whatever no planning for the whole trilogy together and put those people in charge you can't i don't think you can solely blame the director you have to blame the person who did not put a clear plan in place for all three movies. I blame that director for being selfish and trying to set up his own trilogy in the middle of a fucking important story to tell. But I think it me. would have been garbage regardless, to be perfectly honest, because even Force Awakens is awesome, but plot-wise is literally just like... Well, that's what people want in Star Wars, though. They just want to tell the same story over and over again with different people. I mean... I mean, that's what happens in porn. It does fine. That's a bad thing to do. That's why there's moments in Last Jedi that are really good. But it's not great. Honestly, these days, it's more rewatchable than Last Skywalker to me. So that's probably a hot take among some people, but it's like... Skywalker? Yeah, whatever. What did I call it? Last Skywalker or some shit? That's what, I, that's what I mean. Like, those two movies were bad enough that they just kind of blended together for me. Eh.
I, I still think Rogue One's the best thing that they've done. Oh, hands down, yeah. Well, that's the beginning of them telling you, like, we can tell a story in this universe that doesn't have to be strictly about Jedi the yeah. entire time. So, And I'll probably loosen up on my views on some of these movies as time goes on, because I've done the same with the prequel trilogy. I like those enough. I'll rewatch the prequel trilogy before I'll watch fucking Rise of Skywalker. Sorry. Maybe not Phantom Menace. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the original trilogy in or not the original, but I feel like the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy both you could edit down to make one really good movie out of the entire plot. So for Grace did that for the first three a long time ago. He did? Nice. It starts the beginning of the one through three combined starts with at the very end of Phantom Menace with uh, them battling Darth Maul. That's like how the movie opens. Oh, okay. And then it goes to like episode two and three. So, and it's only like two and a half hours long, which is, those movies are practically that long anyway. Huh. We should check that out and review his take on that. Well, I don't think you can necessarily find a version. You can, I've, I've watched, a edited a version where people thought like, this is what, he was describing and like it's as close as you can get you know but i'm sure it's somewhere on a torrent site probably not in north streaming though it's probably not it's not gonna be his official version or anything it'll be somebody's version you can also just do your own version that's a lot of work it was your idea at one point i just i said that would be kind of cool to see just like the condensed versions of those but but that would require like new scores and everything else, like not just half-assing it by doing a fan edit. You know what I mean? New scores, not necessarily brand new, but actually having the score match instead of just splicing shit together, right? If you're splicing it right and doing a hack job. Eh. Don't try to argue with me. I'm just trying to have fun over I, here. I mean, you're being too serious. And I, I was just never even even like the music in those new Star Wars movies. There was nothing that stuck stuck out to me. I can't even recall one piece of the music in my head other than the fucking Star Wars theme song. I can. The one that sticks with me the most is the uh, Rays theme that they played a lot throughout them. If I heard it now, I could probably be like, "Oh yeah, I kind of remember that." But I also bought the Rise or the Force Awakens score and listened to that a lot too. Hmm. So I've got a lot more of those ones stuck in my head than say some of the others. I have everything on the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack. So do I. And that, that's that's a hot topic too. Is the lack of Shadows of the Empire content and all this new canon stuff? Oh uh, yeah, we were talking about this. Every time we bring up the Mandalorian, I just bring up the fact that I want Dash Rendar to be brought into this universe. Oh yeah, for sure. Who would you cast as Dash Rendar? Leave a comment. Yeah, who would you cast as Dash Rendar in the movie? We were trying to figure this out earlier. Yeah, I don't know. There's lots of options. I would think somebody who's uh, up com- up and coming on some action TV show or something, something that's, that's really good, you know, somebody like that's probably who would realistically get picked. They'd have to be older, though, right? I don't know. I mean, I would say... Well, I guess if it's in The Mandalorian, it's only five years after uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but I mean, like, someone even like... I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. All right. Well, we don't need to drag this out. Let's wrap it up, and we will see you guys hopefully next week. Hopefully we all survive the nuclear war that's going to happen. 
And since we like technology and use technology, we'd like to thank Skynet for their never-ending support and keeping us alive to help ensure that their computers and everything runs and operational and stays in good shape. Mm-hmm. We'd also like to thank our sponsor this week, Cyber9 Systems. Mm-hmm. 